So I have virtually no voice at the moment. Thankfully, that wasn't the case when we recorded this episode. Uh, yeah, so not a lot from me this week. Ow. Uh, excuse my voice. Uh, pretty much as sick as the dog that is barking throughout this episode. Sorry about him. I, I can't do much, but he's not in many more episodes, so... Yeah... Hello and welcome once again to the M4 Project. As always, I'm Matthew Jelinek. I'm Michael Sullivan. I'm Morgan Davidson. Nothing special this week. All I wanted to know was what movies kept you awake at night after watching it when you were children. Uh, I had The Rock. The Rock with Nicolas Cage? Yes. Because of the face melting? Yeah, because of the green melty face part. That kind of got me a bit because I was a kid. It's like... Uh, I don't know why it scared me well no I think yeah. it was one where they he threw the ball in the room with it and they closed the big door. metal door yeah. Yeah. and the dude ran up to like the, the glass and his face started melting and, yeah I think that that scared me as a kid yeah fair enough, fair enough. Okay. I, I, I didn't choose it it just happened there was a couple of films as a child that I probably shouldn't have watched uh, one that I should have watched Ghostbusters 2 when the ghost nanny comes and picks up Oscar the baby I don't know why but that scene in particular was just like that's a personal attack of my sensibilities and kept me awake. Uh, there was, uh, very, very well spoken as a child, I hear. And then I sort of just stunted after that. And things I really did. Uh, what else was there? Uh, I did see I Spit on Your Grave far too young. young. Definitely. Uh, I've also saw, there was one, uh, when, I would have been like 11 or something. What is it called? House on Haunted Hill or The Haunting? I think it's just The Haunting. Yeah. That, that was a really good uh, well, I think it was really good, but based on ghoulies and my experience of movies in my childhood, probably it's shit. But it was a good, proper ghost movie. And I was like, cool, those curtains in that movie kind of look like the curtains in my room. <laughs> uh... I was not allowed to watch scary movies when I was too young. My mum just, just didn't allow that kind of stuff. So I was, yeah, pretty limited to the access of these sort of things i remember going to a party once and they had on a nightmare on elm street which was fine that didn't bother me at all that was all good what got me was i think about 12 years old scream came out oh holy fuck that kept me awake Mm -hmm. that was like terrifying for, for for me and i had to go from um i had to go from the house to where i i i we converted a, a renovated a, a yeah. garage into my bedroom, so I had to go from the house to there every night, and it was you know a couple yeah. of ten meter, fifteen meter wall. Fucking terrified. Some <laughs> cunt was just going to run out with a knife and stab me. Um, that and the ring. I was a bit older for the ring, yeah. but the ring was yeah terrifying. The ring, the ring girl stayed with me for a little bit. Yeah. But- by which I mean the character had an effect on me, and her image joined the rogues gallery of my long tortured sleep. She did not actually board at my home, like some eerie Swedish fellow that spent all hours of the night bashing a typewriter and his days drinking gin and brushing the coats of the many taxidermied foxes that made up the majority of his luggage. What is in this cough syrup? Because you look at the television going, Don't you turn on. Don't you turn on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you turn on with the volume at an odd number. <laughs> <laughs> Static on the screen, you're like, Oh fuck! <laughs> I'm dead. 
Honey, you sound like remote again. I that... do want to send you a very ominous looking VHS now. Somewhere in the mail <laughs> to send it to you. With this. Oh my God. I have nothing to play this on. <laughs> Pretty much exactly right. This does not affect me anyway. Sure. Just pull the tape out and just hold it against the sun. It's like... Oh no. Well, that would be adorable because if she breaks out of that, she'd be tiny and brown and be like, oh, you're adorable. (laughs) 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 No bindies. You don't get any pats. (laughs) (laughs) She was terrified. And in the second one, which didn't affect me because it was a few years after I'd grown up by then, because I think I was like 16 when it came out, which not young, but enough to be like, because she was legitimately fucking scary. Mm. And when the second one came out and she does the. That she does a climbing up the well, yeah. And she, the way she moves, her yeah. heart, her leg goes over her shoulder. Yeah. It's just exorcist like. Yeah. Mm. But they they also shot it such that she also moves almost like stop motion, yeah, but bad stop motion, and it's just creepy, horrendous, horrendous. Yeah. What are we here to talk about? A movie. Slept, Childhood trauma. Oh, I think oh, we're going that's for it. a long podcast. <laughs> uh, lucky number eleven. Lucky number eleven. My choice this week. Uh, movie from two thousand and six. Are we able to get it up on the screen, please? Oh, you know I can. So this is. Uh, I feel like gave me a lot of feels of paranoia, in that it has a movie. It's a movie I've never heard of. It seems like it's big budget. It has large names in it that you'd be like, well, they were in this movie. Such like as? Bruce Willis, uh, Morgan Freeman. Sir Ben, ben Kingsley. Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley. Big names in this movie. But never, Lucy I, Liu. Yeah, Lucy Drew. Lucy Liu. Mm. Never heard of it. It wasn't paranoia. This is a uh, action comedy mystery thriller. Yeah. told I have to call it a thriller. I mean, it is. Who are we kidding? It is. Uh, basically, it's a case of mistaken identity in this one. I think its alternate title is uh, the, wrong the, the Wrong Guy or The Wrong Man, uh, where essentially our main character, played by... Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett, uh, essentially is guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's uh, rocking up into a town to go and visit, visit a friend of his. He gets mugged. He gets his wallet taken. And then when he rocks up into his friend's apartment, no one's there. Uh, shortly after, some mobster henchmen rock up and uh, say, we've been taken, told to get the person out of this room or out of this apartment. Come with us. He's like, I'm not this guy. Prove Doesn't it. Matter. I ain't got a wallet. I ain't got a wallet. Uh, so he goes to uh, two mob bosses. So we've got the rabbi and the boss, played by uh, Morgan Freeman as the boss and... Ben Kingsley. Ben Sir. Kings- Sir Ben Kingsley as the rabbi. Uh, who are feuding mob bosses. And former lovers. No. Oh. Spackling? I'll spackle it. Do a bit of spackle. Um, so it's set in New York City. The plot focuses on the paths of uh, Slevin Calivra, uh, Lindsay, uh, two feuding crime lords known as the boss and the rabbi, as he said, and a mysterious mysterious hitman known as Mr. Goodcat. Um, during the opening credits, two bookies are separately ambushed and murdered by their unseen killers. Elsewhere, a young man is killed by a sniper. In a bus terminal, a young man is approached by Mr. Goodcat, who tells him a story of a man named Max and a in the Kansas City shuffle. Two decades earlier, Max borrowed money from the mob, set on a fixed horse race, uh, however, the intended, will of, the intended winner fell and died. The mob arranged for Max, his wife, and his young son, Henry, to be brutally killed as an example to other gamblers not to gamble with more money. Uh, the story concludes with the explaining of the Kansas City Shuffle, a trick which a person is persuaded to place their attention in one place while the real threat is somewhere else. And abruptly, good cat kills the young man by snapping his neck. Uh, mm. He takes his body away... Uh, we then meet Slavin Kalevra, who has been, who was mistaken uh, for the friend who is staying at the apartment. Um, he's first introduced to a mob boss called, called mob 
kingpin called the boss and his arch nemesis who lives in a tower directly opposite him um, basically like the two towers I suppose mm-hmm. from Lord of the Rings um, uh, these meetings start the chain of events which have dire consequences for everyone involved yes good spackling I love a thorough spackling <laughs> oh, your, your cracks are <laughs> battles. Oh, they are filled on. yeah so we want to go on to characters, characters actors, actors and their voice. What? I don't want to give Josh any, Hartnett any open thoughts Josh Hartnett Good. He delivered a lot of a lot of lines very quickly. Uh, a lot of he was uh, his character is a smart mouthed smart mouthed man. He's just in the yeah. wrong place at the wrong witty. time. Witty. I'd say witty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he says at one point I forgot what the condition is, but he apparently has. He's like, yeah, I have the condition where I basically don't give a fuck. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. actually pick up on that. But this obviously always leads to things getting worse for him. As in, he just gets punched. He gets punched in the face in a mugging, and then later on, wise cracks to get punched in the nose again. It's yeah, really on that wisecrack. times, basically, yeah. And it was actually at one point where he only controls himself because he's looking down the barrel of a shotgun, mm-hmm. essentially. So He's quite well acted. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 he's quite funny. He has a certain charm. Most of the time his character is wearing a towel early on, which is quite good because the guy's actually got a fit body. Yeah. He's not heavy. He's not heavy. No. He's, he's not heavy, but it's not bad. Uh, he isn't the typical wimp. Or he isn't the typical tough guy throughout this majority True. of this movie, which is nice. He's just a dude. Mac Banger in the middle. Yeah. I'm just a dude. But too often they they get they yeah. one of those two. It, yeah. It's the like, wimp that grows some balls, balls. or it's the yeah. action And he was hero. just like, eh, I'm, I'm yeah. in the middle. I'm just a regular guy. Yeah, he wasn't that typecast character of this type of movie. It was refreshing. Mm. Absolutely. Not like Bond. Not like Bond. Um, the story uh, of his initial character is quite a good laugh. Um, mm. he, the, the How he ended up... He, he meets uh, Lucy Liu's character, uh, Lindsay, very early on, and he explains to her how he got into the situation of being at his friend's house. That is quite humorous. Yeah. He's like, house had been eaten by fucking some sort of super termite. Yeah. Well, yeah. he got fired. He got fired. His house had been super eaten termite. by super termite, so he went to stay at his girlfriend's place. Who was fucking Who was someone. fucking another dude. And so he called his mate Nick in New York. He was like, yeah, his mate in New York. Went, yeah, sure, come and hang out with me. You'll forget about that bitch. Yeah. You get a good feel for this guy just yeah. straight off the bat. He just... Mm. Unlucky. Had, yeah, and the way he just tells it with meh, and he's even like uh, when he walks in on the girlfriend, he's like, "Don't stop on me." <laughs> does he open a beer? As yeah, he says yes. that he's he just like, "Don't stop on my account," and then just fucks up. Like, yeah. All right, now Bruce Willis uh, as Mister Good Cap, uh, smooth as fuck, smooth, oh, yeah. smooth as he is bald. Uh, it it sort of irks me a little bit because Bruce Willis actually has range oh, yeah. and skill but he doesn't have much in this he doesn't well he's very subtle in this like he's yeah. just very yep I'm a highly paid assassin I'm not a highly emotional creature but the thing that annoys me is that that was perfectly fine for this role recent films he seems to be playing Bruce Willis mm. and that's it yeah I know you have he, range he, you he have range a, you have ability you, you, say, you say recent but this is 12 years old yeah, he is quite. No, I'm not no, I'm saying this. He's fine. In the oh, current right. films, yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha. Okay. In the current films, it's just like I'm Bruce Willis. I'm Bruce Willis again. Yeah, he uh, he nails this type of character, and he does yeah. it in, in a lot of other things. He plays a similar character in Whole Nine Yards. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays a similar character in Red One and Two. Mm-hmm. He even plays a somewhat not a subtle character, but I got vibes of his sort of character in uh, um, again. Nah, Fifth Element. Oh. Um, just to keep says a couple a of bit. things. Corbin Dallas, the way he sort of does it. Mr. Dallas! <laughs> Dallas! <laughs> um, I just got a little bit of a vibe of that as well. Yeah. But he, he plays his character in a whole he heap of movies. Cool. He, he plays, plays cool. He plays cool so well. Cool assassin yeah. as well. Because he, he, I love the whole nine yards. I don't know, have you guys seen Red? 
have not. No. Yeah, that's the the second one. Eh, not so much. The first one though, I thoroughly enjoyed. That's uh, retired, extremely dangerous. Yeah. That's what Red stands for when he plays his ex CIA dude. But yeah, it's really really good. But he plays that sort of same sort of character, and you're like a bit okay. Yeah, you can do it, and he does a great. He does a good job. But you're like, you're Bruce Willis, and yeah. Yeah, you got talk a bit more because he's actually quite funny. Yeah. He, most mm. of his characters I find in most movies are quite funny, like yeah. especially it's Die Hard and all that sort of stuff. He plays the humorous hard man, like yeah. he's he's Bruce Willis, yeah. and he's also funny. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I, I also just like Bruce Willis, like when he used to jump on to uh, David Letterman and do his random things. Like there was one time he turned up, and he's like, "I'm selling these new." It's like Mr. T has his grill. Oh no, uh, George Foreman has his grill. Mr. T has his oven. I've got my deep fryer, and he chucks this bird in this vat. <laughs> <laughs> and like what the what? And then it's it's clearly staged, and he just shoves his head. He's like, oh, I haven't got time. Ah, ah, he pulls out a cooked turkey. He's <laughs> like, the Bruce Bruce Willis deep fryer. Ah. And then, then he continued with the in- interview, eating turkey. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, Bruce Willis. Anyway, in this film, he was quite yeah, good. he was quite good. But he plays that as like I said, it plays a similar role that he's used to. Uh, but it's not bad because of it. Uh, every scene with him makes the movie slightly better. Uh, Lucy Liu, Lucy Liu, slamming hottie. She is fit. She is fit, mm. and she does in this role. Uh, she plays a very bubbly, very yeah, yeah quirky, quite quirky, funny, quite cute yeah. and quirky and funny character. Yeah. Uh, incredibly endearing from the get-go oh yeah like she, she came over to borrow a cup of sugar yeah. Yeah. literally like, a cup of sugar as well because she needed the cup yeah. because she, she didn't bring the one. cup <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who does that in a modern day actually come around and borrow a cup yeah. of sugar like it's uh, she was yeah. probably one of my favorite characters yeah. in the film just to, um lucy was actually quite good at, at, at delivering fast witty banter dialogue yeah, yeah. Uh, and again it's shown in this she, yeah she, and as, a, as a bouncing partner with Josh Hartnett their, their chemistry was brilliant oh, oh fantastic really really good absolutely uh, especially the whole scene with the towel where yeah. Yeah, she walks back in and he's got it off and then yeah and then she, she, leaves. she leaves and then she comes back again I was like so, I was hoping for a second showing yeah, <laughs> but like she doesn't stick her head around she bursts back in she's like oh <laughs> this I felt like this character can just continuously got more depth as yeah. the movie went on like consistently yeah like because when she first comes in she just seems kind of like a ditzy airhead yeah type deal but then she immediately becomes more endearing and then they get this great chemistry yeah. and then it turns out then that he she's checks a, her depth yeah. yeah exactly and then she, and then she eventually turns out that she's like a coroner for yeah. the city and then I it, mean, just, it just within that first interaction she goes from being this ditzy neighbor needing a cup of sugar all of a sudden to making all these very obvious, astute observations about his story and about him. It's like, well, okay, you got mugged, but why didn't he take your watch or your suitcase? Yeah. What about this? What about that? What and, about and she actually reveals a lot of information about the plot to she, the audience. Yeah, like, she links it she's to She's following you. along with the audience with yeah. what's happening in the movie, and she spells it out to you. Yeah. As it's going through, and like, wow, she's very clever. She's very switched on. Yeah. I don't know if that was just a, it, it was a byproduct of her character, or if that was an intentional way of revealing it. To, a narrative device. To, yeah, to, yeah. For, for the, the audience to gather, but either way it worked. Yeah. And I picked, that, that's what I, I, I listened to what she said and was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, sure, no, no dramas. It, I hope it was uh, deliberate, because it was a very good way yeah. of, of doing it. No, mm. it probably would have been. Any more to say on Also, this? slamming Hardy. Oh. <laughs> she was quite fit. Uh, Morgan Freeman, slamming hottie, uh, slamming hottie, slamming hottie. Jesus Christ, would would bang that man, or would be banged by that man? Hold me close. <laughs> <laughs> get busy snuggling. Or get busy <laughs> you son of a bitch! You're going to be 
as a bad guy mob boss he doesn't usually play a bad guy but he did a stellar job yeah calm calm menacing oh yeah he and ben kingsley give this film some serious quality oh yeah of actor Mm. Uh, which compared to something like Paranoia which had heavy hitters like Harrison Ford Gary and Gary Oldman and they were just there, there. Yeah. these guys added so much weight and so much character uh, Morgan Freeman in particular with his uh, the boss like you said quiet menacing uh, like I said he, he cares it just comes across more yeah. that he cares and he delivered his lines superbly so maybe he just actually felt like turning up for the movie for the money he was paid to do it yeah Maybe um, he actually he was given more than a day of shooting. That's that also <laughs> probably true. Um, like I said, I know Bruce Willis is a great actor, but he is pigeonholed to the action, action comedy. Oh, yeah. These guys have some some actual decent drama to work with, yeah. and they do it really. really I, I'm almost, I almost Especially feel like yeah. Bruce Willis was kind of wasted in his role. Oh, I feel like they could have put other actors there in there. He didn't have much room or freedom of movement in these. Yep. his role yeah, yeah, 100% I feel like correct. he could have put anyone there they just wanted Bruce Willis because I think I think the reason they got Bruce Willis is because they wanted someone who was cool yeah. and funny and could do that That exactly that character it's like well you need a Bruce Willis kind of guy well let's get Bruce Willis yeah, yeah pretty much, pretty it, much. It, it's underutilizes him but you know you're going to hit exactly the mark you're aiming at yeah mm. Morgan Freeman and yeah. Ben Kingsley who we'll touch on in a second they they, they they say a lot without saying anything. They sort of just have a bit of a, an air about them. Yeah. Um, you're waiting for what they're going to say next because every line they deliver is just painted in gold. Yeah. It, just, yeah. it just comes out and it's like, boom. Oh. Yeah. They go on like a, a monologue of telling a story and they're like, please don't stop talking. Yeah. Just, yeah. just keep going. There's please. a reason he narrates people's lives. Moving on to Ben Kingsley. Uh, playing Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir, Sir Ben Kingsley. Kingsley. Playing the rabbi... Uh, Sort of a cross between his role in Schindler's List and Sexy Beast. He's a Jewish mob boss. Um, brilliant. Have you guys seen Sexy Beast? Uh, a long time ago. No. Great film. Okay. Yeah, he just sort of... There's this one guy who's like decided to retire. And this guy, Ben Kingsley's guy, who I think he's supposed to be the Sexy Beast. He rocks up and just basically rains in their parade. And he's like, yeah, we're going to do this. And they accidentally kill him, yeah. I think. But man top fucking movie yeah. and he is brutal like, he is yeah. hard man in, like he's not very hard man in this yeah in sexy beast he is yeah hard man really really good anyways um he's a little bit almost stereotyped into the jewish role uh, i've seen him in a couple of movies now i'm not just going to listen to this but he, he plays that sort of jewishish yeah. sort of character which, yeah. fair enough but and it, it's a sort of very interesting sort of character that he's playing because he's this torah reading Everything in his office is Hasidic and all that kind of thing. Mm. All of his henchmen wear yarmulkes or have the curls and all that sort of thing. It's and yet he's like, oh no no no, we're we're a mob facility. I will kill you. If what I was that? Go. He said he made a comment to him. And he said, uh, you know, you won't do such stuff. It's like, like, yeah, it's like, well, how can you justify? It? It's like, yeah, you, I wasn't frisked. What what would happen? It's like I wasn't frisked. And he pulls out a sawn off shotgun. And he's uh, Josh Hartnett's character is like, oh, okay, so I guess would wouldn't killing me be against the law? It's like, and he explains there are three things a Jew may not do in order to save a life, including his own. He may not idol worship, commit adultery, or perform an act of premeditated murder. Killing you before you kill me would have been kosher, <sighs> acceptable. Very good. He, his character was. 
Yeah, great. Yeah, I I even liked him better than Morgan Freeman's character yeah. just because he was just I don't know so cl- more he was more clinical in yeah. his approach to things that mm. I don't know I suppose just that that accountant style. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what what came across is like Morgan Freeman was very much this. I'm the boss. Yeah, he, he was used to just being. I, I get my way. I'm the boss. So these guys Whereas used to it, work together. Yeah, they used to work together. They used to be like best buddies side by side. And then someone said, referred to Morgan Freeman characters as the boss, which put this guy's nose out of joint. And that's when they went yeah. their separate ways and started their war. Yeah, and ended up being locked in. Like both these characters have not left their their penthouse apartments in over twenty years or something. Because like they're both afraid mm-hmm. they're going to get like, yeah. capped. They like, sit yeah. behind bulletproof. Class basically yeah. looking at each other every day through these windows. I think that was actually very funny the first time they did that reveal of yeah. the shot of Morgan Freeman at the window, the pan back, the Swings pan around. the swing to the side, and then the pan in on, on Ben Kingsley, yeah. like across the street and in, in an identical building. Yeah, I was like, oh, very funny. I yeah. enjoyed that. But like Morgan Freeman is this, I'm the always been the boss, whereas the rabbi is this, no, 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 I'm a businessman. And I'm a lot more clinical. I'd make decisions based on dollars. and But I'm brutal because I want to be the boss. I think we need to spackle the storyline a little bit because uh, we haven't really touched on what happens after they meet these sort of guys mm. and what they want him to do. True. 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 So, uh, Slevin, mistaken as Nick, I forget the yep. Nick character's it's surname. Just, it's just Nick. Basically, uh, the boss says, you owe me $96,000. Uh, and he says, oh, I don't have $96,000 to give you. And the boss goes to return. Well, then, if you don't have the money to pay me, you can be my hitman. You can be the trigger guy yeah, on a hit could, job. You can do me a favor. I need you to kill the rabbi's son. Yeah. Who happens to be called the fairy. Yitzhak the fairy. Because he's homosexual. And everyone knows except for the rabbi. So, he then uh, he then goes back to the apartment and then gets pulled, over by the, pulled out by the Hasidic Jew. Yeah henchman this time and gets pulled into uh to, to the rabbis and says you owe me thirty three thousand dollars uh i don't actually what, what uh, he basically that? just says you have 48 hours to get it yeah right 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 okay and that's it it's like okay so i need to kill your son and get thirty three thousand dollars yeah, we still can tell him that he's going to kill his son because that yeah. would kind no, of no no ruin, no, no throw no, a spanner no, in the wrench somewhat yeah. in his plans uh and so he he's Sort of sits there and goes, oh, look, I haven't got that. I'm not Nick, but okay, I'm going to go back to my apartment. And no one cares that he's not Nick. Now, he was found in yeah. Nick's apartment, therefore, in their minds, yep, yep. you're Nick. Yeah. But uh, no as, as he's leaving, uh, the rabbi, good cat, is actually reveals himself to be there. And the rabbi says, well, he, I know how to tell when people are lying. That's kind of my thing. He's not lying. He's not Nick. It's like, I don't care. He's just a convenient pawn. I know who he is. Mind. Well, actually, it's said a lot less. He goes, I know, and it leaves. Uh, so it's sort of revealed that everyone knows he's not Nick, but it doesn't really matter. It, there's another plan happening beyond the scope of what we've been revealed. Uh, so what the story then is is basically revealed to be is Good Cat has organised this guy because he wants to kill this this particular man, whoever he is, Nick or not, and he's going to use Nick to kill the fairy and then kill him, and it's going to make it look like a murder suicide. We're both gay. Isn't uh, the rabbi also in part of his deal? He wants the boss killed. Yes. Um, he doesn't obviously so, know his son's going to get killed, yeah. mm. but he wants the boss killed yeah. as a part so of. So from the deal. his perspective, this, the involvement of this guy is for some other reason, reason to involved. let good cat like, kill the boss. Yeah. It's like it's all part of my plan to get the boss killed. It's like fair enough, right? Yeah. 
when while the boss thinks that Nick's there to be involved in the murder-suicide plot. It's like, cool. And anyway, mm. uh, after he gets dropped off by all that mob as well, eventually he gets the eye of ah, the cops. police. The cool. cops who notice They're watching this, both of them. Yeah, this new face turned up who's going into both buildings. Like, who is this guy? And they're looking. They have nothing on this Slevin guy whatsoever. So they're quite suspicious. Looks in tone. Yeah, they looks in tone. I think it was a very well shot film. Uh, yep. It's almost, uh, to, cer- to a certain degree, like a muted... The name I was looking for was Wes Anderson. In a lot of shots, very, very symmetrical, uh, very... Uh, colourful as well. Col- colourful, but then also muted, it'll be like, whereas... Wes Anderson. With aim for greens and these yellows and that kind of thing, it's just browns and it's like, it's New York, it's sort of very dark and dingy. These apartments have ridiculous wallpaper and that kind of thing. Uh, and then there'll be like at the bus terminal where it's these magnificent blue seats and everything else is white and greys and these brown coated figures sit very centre of shot and that kind of thing. Very well shot. Yeah, very well shot. And uh, yeah. they would have shots of like the, the screen divided into three sections mm. where they would have characters in the same location having convers- similar conversations with the same character in different at different times. Yeah. It all seemed to be kind of intertwined together. Yeah, uh, for for example, uh, when Slevin is getting information from Morgan Freeman's character about what he wants to do, it's actually he's so Morgan Freeman's giving him the answers, but then they're cutting into Good Cat, who was the person who gave Morgan Freeman the answers. The answers yeah. So it's this conversation between three people happening at different time, and it's it's really well, yeah, it's very really well interestingly done. done as well. I also want their chess set. No, like, chess that was the, the buildings, wasn't it? I think so. Oh, yeah, well, they're just prisons. They, they were just prisons. Yeah, like, they, like, they were cool. Rectangular prisons yeah. with different patterns on them. Looks, other than that, there's not really anything to write home about. Uh, they don't do any special effects or anything, those no, sort of no, things. It's but some good swipe shot, shot scenes. Shot to shot, though, it's all, all very, very, yeah, yeah. very the, pretty. The swipe scenes between yeah. here and there yeah. like, yeah. Are, are, are done, done really, really well. Mm. Tone, definitely a black comedy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know, maybe it was supposed to be, like, nowhere does it say anything that I've looked online that it's supposed to be a black comedy, but it is definitely a black comedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the way that he's sort of interacting with these characters, initially getting picked up, he's like, well, why would I do that? What are you going to do, punch me in the face? And they punch him in In the the face. face. (laughs) And just each of the henchmen that they send after Slavon are quite funny. Like, uh, the first one, Elvis and Slow. Yeah. (laughs) Slow is this... Heavy set African American. It's man. Barber, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, but he basically can't close his mouth because his top lip, so top lip, lip. <laughs> and he's just so. Wait, what? It gets confused on the most basic things. And, uh, there's also there's also the one line about the guy with the two penises talking to the tailor, and I I laughed for a solid, oh, yeah. <laughs> a solid minute. What are you going to do? I'm going to do. It's like, well, what are you going to say? I'm going to say what the man with two penises says to his tailor when the tailor asks, "Do you dress on your left or your right?" And it cuts to the next scene. Yes, I will do it. <laughs> Lost my shit. I was going for a solid minute after that. After that hit, oh, that was hilariously funny. Okay. Yeah, good funny, Sorry. good dialogue. It's punchy. Yeah. It's fast. Uh, a lot of snappy dialogue between characters. Delivered very, very well. Yeah. Great yeah. casting. They got the best. Pe- the best out of all mm. the characters. Unlike paranoia. Who got paranoia? Reference. Did they the even get anything out of it? Yeah. No, not really. Apparently, had as much movement. As a ghoulie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just stitched. <sighs> like a nurse. Two shit movies together. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> overall, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Hmm. I think it's a bloody solid little film, actually. Quite a good big twist. 
yeah. uh, which you can see coming straight from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. But you, you know you, there's something there. You know there's something bubbling under the surface. You it's, know who he is. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I did. Oh, yeah. I know exactly who he is. It's easy to I don't know the exact facts of how he got there. I know basically how he got there yeah. because of the other person that's in the movie that's yeah. giving it away. But you don't know how he got to be there. And what the overall... Well, you know the overall thing is going to be this. Yeah. Uh, but why and how and... What characters what, what intertwine actual, What actual is the plan? What is the mode exactly. of execution? Um, and they do a lot of a lot of making you... A lot, I suppose a lot of the Kansas City Shuffle. Yeah. They make you look the wrong way a lot of times and they mm. do a couple of little things that make you go like... Uh, something happens to Lucy Lou's character and you're like, oh, okay. But it didn't. Yeah. And then or you're did like... It. Or did it. But did it. But did it. Yeah. yeah, you said that and you're like, oh, okay, dude, what's the Expecting that to go like that, but fair enough, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And then you're like, oh, okay, that didn't go where I thought it was going to go. Yeah. That, that was very good. It gave you the basic idea and then just got you on the ride to watch how it was going to play out, mm. which I thoroughly enjoyed. And I, I usually, 99% of the time, pick everything how it's going to roll. Obviously, the big, not even a twist, because like yeah. I said, it's so in your face, I got... But I was happy enough, and I yeah. didn't find myself trying to. Oh, is it this? Yeah. No, I just sat there and let it yeah. enjoy the ride. Yeah, you guys are a lot better at picking what happens in these sorts of things than I do. Yeah. I feel um, so. I kind of knew that it would be like this, but I, I got a lot of oh shit. Okay, fair enough. Good. Yeah, it was quite good. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Uh, recommend? Definitely recommend. recommend. I thought it was. I thought it was thoroughly, thoroughly. thoroughly. Oh, recommend. Very good. Very good. It's. I'm surprised it didn't. It's not as known. I guess it might be because other movies have. There's been other movies that are similar that may have done it better. Yeah. That kind of overshine it. I also think this was a limited release uh, in cinemas. Possibly. I don't know. That might have been part of it as well. Uh, moving on to spoiler some spoiler news because there is some spoiler news. There is one. some spoiler news. Definitely. Definitely. Do it, does anyone need more beer? Yeah. Yes. Oh, great. Ah, usually just the spoiler warning that we do is enough, I think. But for this one, actually do yourself a favour. If you haven't seen the film, don't listen to our spoilers. Stop the podcast. Obviously, come back and listen to it, but stop the podcast and uh, go watch the film because it's got some interesting little twists and turns uh, that you might enjoy. Otherwise, we'll spoil it. You've been warned. Spoilery do. Spoilery do. There's a few little... Uh, Things that are revealed throughout this, like because uh, it's a multi-layered sort of little question, mm-hmm. the initial thing of, all right, so what? What's the deal with this Nick dude? Oh wait, no one actually cares about who Nick is. You're here to be. Oh wait, no, that's just a double double bluff to hide from the gangsters that Slevin is coming to get you. Yes, Slevin Calivra is the boy at the start who you never see die. Mm-hmm. You are supposed to assume that he died. You get told that he was murdered, but he wasn't murdered. He grew up, he got vengeful, and he tries to get his revenge, which he <coughs> does. He turns out that uh, Slevin was the na- name, name of the horse. Name of the horse. The, the horse. And Kalevra means bad dog in, in Hebrew. In Hebrew, which is a great opposite of the other hitman who is became good his fa- father figure. Good cat. Mm-hmm. So you have a good cat, cat and bad dog. The way Bad Dog is revealed is 
brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's revealed to a police officer who had had a part in the murder of the family way back when. Yeah. Uh, and Killed then the he gets his head blown off. Basically. Like that's that's one of the ones that I didn't pick a mile away. Like, that, because well, they, yeah, they dropped a bit that, of detail. I, I, he, I heard that he said it because he, he just says it earlier, uh, yeah, he used to be my bookie. But you didn't need to think more of it. Because at that that point, it was plausible enough that that was just a passing comment without it being like Chekhov's gun type thing. That's going to come back. It was just a passing comment that you could just easily just brush off to the side. Also, up top, Chekhov's gun. Well done. I've been thinking a lot about that in every movie I watch now. Thank you for that. I'm going to ruin movies for you, mate. Uh, no, so yeah, so in that particular thing, it's been revealed over the phone, and then obviously Slevin is in the back of the car as he's being told this, and then yeah, because the guy is clearly like as soon as he says yeah, Slevin, it was the name of this horse, and the police officer sort of like, puts his hand to his head, he's like, oh, oh shit, shit, I know this, I know what is happening, and doesn't realise that Slevin's in the seat behind him with a silenced pistol in the back of his head, uh, and it slowly it's like the the cop keeps going, going, I was like yeah, apparently. Yeah. And the wife got killed, and the husband got killed, and the kid got killed. And it cuts to the wife, who we saw got shotgunned by an unseen, uh, unface, unrevealed trench coat. You can see it's the shot from the half side back with the yeah. shotgun in hand. Yeah. The, the trench coat sort of thing. In this this version of the flashback, it pans up, reveals our police officer who's been trying to find out who Slevin is. And uh, Slevin taps him in the side of the head with a gun and whoop, sprays his brains across the windshield. That's good. Yeah. That's the biggest reveal. I mean, it's uh, obviously there's the bigger, there's more reveals of the fact that how they've been playing both of them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. How n- the actual real Nick was the guy that uh, Good Cat killed at the start. Yeah, the start. Next um, that how, was a really good scene. Just, that was that a very good scene. Thing. How they used that body, uh, which is sort of revealed throughout the movie anyway. But yeah, I didn't. I so, didn't quite understand why they had to get specifically Nick. Don't think it really. Uh, okay, so the reason they, seemed... they had to get Nick was they needed an in to both locations. No, no, no. I understand yeah. that, but I mean, why did they physically get the actual Nick to do it? Well, one, if you're going to have someone who is going to be pretending to be someone who, or pretending to be someone who's not that someone, you need to make sure that someone's not around. So one, you just take them out; they're out of the picture. And two, they knew they were going to need a body to cover for Slevin. Because they were going yeah, to kill him okay. off, and so the cops would stop looking for him. Uh, everyone involved would yeah, stop looking the thing for this is, guy. Did, at one point, they mentioned. Did they mention that he was like in jail for eight years or something like uh, that? The or, Nick guy was. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. the Nick guy was, he, and he was, like he was. No one would miss him because no one knew who he was. The only people that had seen him were also dead. Well, so yeah, they yeah. didn't necessarily need him specifically because he was... Well, basically, it's a whole dental record thing. People would sit there and go, well, yeah, the mob bosses guys, apparently they picked up this Nick dude. Oh, yep, dental records would show. Yeah, that's the Nick dude. But then cool. they also then immediately afterwards say that they it's going to be hard. They have to find the body. True. Yeah, yeah there's all that sort of thing. But yeah. it, it basically, well, there's no guarantee that the jaw would have been blown off. True. So True. it's like, okay, to cover all of our bases, you're the not Nick. We need to get rid of the Nick. And also, we need a body, so it makes sense. Two birds, one stone. Nick body. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a better story than Ghoulies. (laughs) (laughs) That's not hard. True. And the other one is, it's revealed, uh, well, Lucy Liu's character... Slamming Honey. Slamming Honey. In her discussions, in her sort of natural detective work, says that she got a picture of this guy who was uh, looking around and that kind of thing, and it's a picture of Good Cat. Uh, 
good cat, good cat because being is a good assassin yeah. knows that she no, has a no he goes and he tells uh, so during one of the flashbacks it sort of tells uh, bad dog she has to go she has to be in the ground she's made me so it was like it was like a, oh she got a photo of me it was like why don't you just take the phone well she also knew we yeah, were. you know, know but... who, where, who else where else has the photo been sent to and that kind of thing but basically it's like yeah she has to be taken out so there's a scene near the end where he walks in he, he walks shoots in her. shoots her in the chest she and looks like, at him realises and, and then boom he goes I have the same phone so he knew what the, the camera options and that sort of thing were bang shot in the chest she falls over what dead and then at the that, very end yeah that was about where it was like didn't see that coming I mean like I was like yeah. when they were having like the, the romance scene I was yeah. like she's gonna die they've gotten too close it's yeah. too lovey no <laughs> that's the thing though I saw the sunset and was like she's not gonna die she's gonna be fine and then he killed her yeah. and you're like oh okay and then he hadn't killed her yeah. because Slevin had given her a fucking bulletproof vest. Yeah, true. And told her, it's like, look, yeah, he's a deadly assassin. He's going to shoot you directly in the heart. Yeah. So she was like, yeah, okay, blood pack there. Vest underneath that, obviously. Bang. What? Uh, fuck. And then she escapes. I liked in that part where she, she's not just like, ah, oh, shit. Like, it's like, it really hurts to get shot even if you got a bulletproof yeah. vest on. Like, yeah, she like, was wheezing and like, it hurts to roll over. It's like, mm. ah, fuck. And then she meets him at the bus depot and good cat... Uh, well, obviously, both the rabbi and the boss have been dispatched uh, at this point. Slevin has revealed who he is and why he's doing what he did. He's like, yeah, I played you. By the way, uh, the boss, dude, yeah, the rabbi didn't kill your son. I did because I needed to make the phone ring. I needed you to call Good Cat to get him in so that he could start this plan to get me in. Uh, but And then the boss was like, well, guess what? You're, you're the rabbi. Your son's dead. He's like, no. And he's like, yeah, so I've just been playing you both. Everyone's dead, um, and now, now to get my vengeance. Plastic bag. Yeah, they killed neck. his father at the very start by mm. putting a plastic bag over his head, so he gives them the same fate. Yeah, yeah. and walks off with his uh, vengeance complete, and goes to the bus depot. As you see them slowly start yeah, suffocating, okay. which was a good scene. Yeah, like mm. it wasn't wasn't pretty, yeah. but yeah. it was just, and a very effective scene. Yeah, because they both sort of come to the realizations. You see them in faces that they're gonna die. Yeah, and yeah. they just. I like the contrast between the characters. Like the boss, the entire time was struggling, struggling and fighting and that sort of thing, and the rabbi was just like, Ugh. "Yep." And he gets the bag of his head, and he's just sort of thinking for a minute, and then goes, "Dude's got to breathe." <laughs> and then he he dies. Uh, so Slevin's at the bus depot, morose at the loss of his love, I guess, but happy that he's got his vengeance. And dun, 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 Lucy Lou's there, and we get the whole clip show of, "Hey, he's gonna shoot you here." Just, and then they're like snuggle snuggle and then bum 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 good cat's good there cat's as well. there it's like oh I'm sorry papa I didn't think you'd understand and you flashback of good cat sparing young little boy and going of course I would have understood yeah anyway. because you don't at the, at the very start you see him as a, as a boy stand there and the gun behind him get pulled yeah. um, but obviously there's no no yeah. shot and that's because good there, cat there, was there is uh, they have the gun there and they have a gunshot sound and then blood splatter on a surface oh it's the mum getting shot it is it yeah. is yeah but so but it's it's kind of like it has the, the gun at the back of his head yeah. and then the gunshot and that's right yeah like you're not- so it doesn't actually show that part mm. but there is it is heavily implied that's what yeah. happens it's it's very cleverly yeah leads you to believe yeah. it but actually it's like no if you looked at the, the details we showed you we didn't tell you, tell you. yeah exactly right so um, obviously he obviously had felt bad for him at the start and didn't yeah. kill him 
as he did for Lucy Lou. Yeah. And then he went, eh, And then he sure. spent the next 20 years not being in New York because as they're driving away, a uh, older, very deadly assassin with a young boy in his car, he explains, neither of us will be home for a long time. The And you assume Lucy Lou and... Slamonati? Uh, Josh Hartnett? Yes. Slamonati? Yep. Live happily ever after. It always makes me... I would have actually kind of preferred it if Lucy Liu's character died. Because <laughs> it, it always... In these sorts of things... Or would it have been nice to make it more clinical and not have and not yeah. have the actual love interest? Like, he didn't yeah. care. She was a pawn yeah. in, the, in the game yeah. as well. Well, because that would make sense why they needed to put his dad's watch on the Nick body. Yeah. As a means of it's like, yeah, that's him. I, I recognise who that is because of the watch. Yeah, because that was an unnecessary touch in that sense yeah. that... So... And I, that's what I thought it was like. Cool, we're just getting this coroner involved so she can identify air quotes. The way it's like, yeah, that, they totally got him in the end. Oh well, and that would be the end. Of, and then she gets done. I would have been more okay with it. Was just that that was the end. Like she yeah. thought that he was dead, yeah. and then it w- wasn't touched again. And she just went about her life thinking that this fling that she had was gone. Yeah, that also would have been, yeah, been acceptable. But I mm-hmm. prefer that she died. Yeah, because that would have just, just been icier. Okay. Yeah. yeah fair. Icier. It's like yeah, we. I spent 20 years planning bloody vengeance and I'm going to worry about this. The my thing that annoys me about those sorts of moments in films is like, cool, I've been planning 20 years. For 20 years, I've been planning vengeance. Ooh, strange. Well, the thing is though that I was more okay with it because normally forced love stories are fucking hate. But the chemistry in these characters were, was actually really good to the point where I wasn't hating them being together. It, it was just like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna alter my twenty years of planning for three days of banging. Yeah, but it didn't feel like that. It still it still felt like he was doing all of his like everything was happening. Still, he was still doing his plan. He was still laser focused yeah, yeah. on that. But he also had a he was also doing this yeah. Other but side he, as well. he's gonna sit there and drag this person out of their life and drag okay. her into. I his. look at it this way. Okay, just look at this way. You have a choice. You can go through and you can do this thing that you've been planning for 20 years. 20 years or you can go through and do this thing you've been planning for for 20 years and get your balls up at the same time. No trying to choose. Particularly if it's slamming holding loose. I didn't think about that way. Plan. I'd do the plan. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a 20 year plan, yeah, 20 year plan. You stick to the plan. You change the plan, the plan breaks. You but he didn't this. get it. The plan didn't break. And he got his balls okay. sucked. No, he could have got his balls sucked and then iced her, just left, walked away, or That's cold. shot her. That's cold, done. man. That's cold. The plan. That's you cold. don't introduce variables. Until no, no, she no, no. sucks the balls like no one else had yeah, sucked them. Yeah, she sucks the balls and then it's like, okay, cool. What's your plan? Was your plan to do all this and then ice a bitch? Because no. if that was not your plan, no. then you are not no. deviating from no. your plan. At, at the bottom of the plan is don't, no loose ends. She'd be a loose end because I would have put my dick in it. <laughs> Bang! No loose ends. Done. Problem solved. I can evaporate into the mist. My vengeance complete. Don't be Matt's love interest in murder history. <laughs> no. No. Anyway. Also, I'd like to, at this point you to get say that if the... And you get iced. <laughs> 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 the, uh, the reason that Bill Murray wasn't in the second Charlie's Angels was because he told Lucy Lou she couldn't act. Yeah, I know about this. She can act. Yeah, and she can. Evidently so. And she I mean, smoking it, I must admit, though, in other movies, I feel where Mr. Murray's coming from, mm-hmm. and go, fuck, you can't act. 
And uh, this one was pretty good. But in this one, she was definitely... I think this suits her. If she mm. played this role mm. in every movie, yeah. she'd be great every time because she's got that punchiness yeah. with the banner and dialogue. Well, yeah, like she's... Because I actually thought she, she was her. average in fucking Kill Bill. Yeah. The action-ish scenes were fine, mm. but the talking... Ugh. Uh, for for her range, it seemed like a really great fit. Yeah. That, that quirky, mm. quippy character was great. Uh, next week's pick. Whose is it? It's mine. Ooh. And guess what I've picked. Ghoulies 2. Ghoul- <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I haven't done that. And I, in fact, I, I quit if Ghoulies <laughs> 2 is the next pick. No, it is not. Again, excuse my voice. And my pick for next week was Automata from 2014, an R-rated action sci-fi thriller starring Antonio Banderas. In the not-too-distant future, solar flares have irradiated the Earth, and humanity has been pushed to the brink of extinction. Those that remain fight for space in the handful of megacities that survived, or settle in the slums that surround them. In order to fight back the ever-spreading radioactive deserts, robotic automata called pilgrims are created. They fail, and are reduced to little more than cheap labour. Antonio Banderas plays Jacques, an insurance investigator for ROC, the company that makes the pilgrim bots. A soon-to-be father that is questioning whether it is right to bring a child into such a world, Jacques inadvertently stumbles onto a case that threatens the profits of his employers, the safety of his family, and questions what it is to be human. He finds pilgrims that can self-repair, appear to feel emotions, and most importantly, they are evolving and quickly and that's the end of the episode folks catch you next week for automata 